Good morning, good afternoon, good night, wherever you are, whatever time it is, welcome to Teacher Tired. So we all know college did not prepare us. <laughs> college prepared us for, I guess, the logistical side of being a teacher, if you will. And if you're a teacher, you totally understand what I'm talking about. I am rolling my eyes extremely dramatically. Sorry, I'm being so dramatic, but it's just how I feel. So college prepared us for the classroom in the sense of best classroom management tools and ways to handle small reading groups and what even you should look for in reading and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Boring, 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 but all necessary. But what they didn't tell you is the crazy stuff. <laughs> so here are some things that I wish I would have known before becoming a teacher and things that I wish college kind of would have said, hey, this is coming if you really want to be one. So I'm going to give you a list of 10 things and kind of dive into, well, I guess whether or not they're funny, serious, or involve a little story. Number one, I wish I would have known that you cannot pee whenever you want. <laughs> you are at school with, let's say, 20 students at a time, and you're not allowed to leave them unattended, but yet you're the only adult around. <laughs> so there's this such thing called a teacher bladder where you go to the restroom in the morning when you walk in, and you don't get to go again until your next break, which sometimes is not until lunch, and in my case, not until lunch. You can't just Go to the restroom whenever you please. And there are times and there are situations and procedures at certain schools where if it's an emergency, you call and someone helps comes to help and they watch your class and you go to the restroom. But we all know when we do that and we leave for the three minutes it took us to sprint to the restroom and come back, chaos can occur. <laughs> so sometimes holding your bladder is better off than calling for someone to come watch your class. <laughs> I'm laughing because this is seriously something I did not know and nor considered when becoming a teacher. I <laughs> am very involved in my health and my fitness and what I eat and how I put foods into my body. And water is definitely one of my biggest advocates. I drink it like crazy. I've gotten kidney stones in the past. And so I literally drink water like it's my job. What that means is, is I also do the pee dance like it's my job. <laughs> my teammates, if you're listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But there are times where you have to hold it and you can't just go to the bathroom whenever you please. And yes, there are jobs out there that are very similar, but in the next hour or so, there's probably an opportunity for you to go to the restroom. For us teachers, it can be three hours before the next time you go to the restroom. <laughs> Number two, something I wish I would have known before becoming a teacher is that naming my future children just got a heck of a lot harder. <laughs> Names that I considered for my future children have completely been tanked by the personalities within my classroom. For example, if, I don't know, let's say Frankie, <laughs> 
If you listen to my most recent podcast, I've been using this name a lot. Let's say I really like the name Frankie. Well, if I met a Frankie and this Frankie was a horrible classmate in my class, I probably wouldn't consider the name Frankie for my child. And years and years to come, there will be many names that come across my classroom that I will probably not consider for my future children based upon their personalities. And sometimes it's a good thing. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, I really loved Frankie. She was a really good student. I'm going to name my kid after Frankie. But then every time you think about your kid's name, you're going to think about that Frankie girl instead of the kid, right? I don't know. So it it definitely makes naming your future children a heck of a lot harder. <laughs> I don't know for the better or the worse, but take it as you, as you will. Number three, something I wish I would have known is that you must fake it until you make it. And I am being 100% honest with this one. You have to show up at 7.30 in the morning or whatever time you get to work with the kids and fake it until you make it to three o'clock when they leave. (laughs) You literally cannot have a bad day. And if you're having one, you best be really good at acting like you're not. For someone who expresses her day by her face. This is really hard for me. (laughs) I've gotten really good at it, but at first it was really hard. I am someone that like, if I'm tired, you can tell. If I'm mad, you can tell. If I'm just exhausted, you can tell by just simply looking at my face. (laughs) So becoming a teacher, I learned real fast that you as the teacher and the leader of the room kind of guide the mood of the room, right? Like I am full, a full believer that the way you decorate your classroom and the way you perceive yourself and the way you speak to your children or your students and, you know, the way you withhold your body and your body language, all of those things that we learned, I truly believe that sets the tone for your room. And I also truly believe (laughs) The calmer your tone, the happier your kindergarten class will be. And so it's something I live by. I try to stay extremely calm. I try to keep my colors in my classroom calm. Um, Teachers that love rainbow, please don't hate me that I'm saying this, but I do. I like to keep it black and white and gray and simple so that we can kind of take down the chaotic minds of six-year-olds and take it down a level and keep it calm because they're already chaotic enough. So with that said, if I am chaotic, which if any of you know me, I am, and you can probably tell by this podcast, I'm like a squirrel everywhere, but I am very chaotic. I My brain thinks a million miles per minute. I'm constantly writing sticky notes, and I have really bad undiagnosed ADHD. <laughs> I can't sit still. I'm constantly thinking about a million things, and so what I do is I try to make my environment and my room and my teaching style very calming. And so that way, it's almost like an act. And that's exactly what we're doing. We show up, and let's say we're having a terrible, terrible day. I remind myself, okay, don't show it to the kids. Stay calm in my calming environment. And just try to make it to 3 p.m. when they leave and go home with their parents. (laughs) So many times we have to take like our really, really tired selves and show up, 100% show up, for our kids. We can't let them know we're tired. We can't let them know, you know, we're just having a doozy day and we have to run with it. We have to fully 100% show up on stage for our kids every day, regardless of how we feel. 
And that's why many teachers take sick days. <laughs> it's really hard. It's not easy. I mean, there's times where I'm like, hey, class, I just want to tell you about the morning I've had. I forgot my lunch. I ordered the wrong coffee. I'm wearing two different shoes and my hair, well, I didn't even get the time to brush it. And so do you mind taking it easy on me today? And all the little kids are like, yeah, Mr. Wartha, that'll be fine. It's so funny because I feel – I love being honest with my kids with stuff like that because I feel like it gives them a sense of like knowing me but also relating like, oh, if she can have a bad day, I can have a bad day, right? But in all reality, I still am creating an act. I'm still showing up for them 100% even when I feel like 20%. <laughs> all right, number four. Another thing I wish someone would have told me is that lesson plans are only partially true. And what I mean by that is that they only partially matter. The lesson plans that we were taught to write in college, well, for one, they're like three pages long and ridiculous. If you're listening to this in college, I promise you won't ever have to write a lesson plan like that. <laughs> but they're also not true. Like my first job, I was required to write a lesson plan which if you're a teacher that has to write lesson plans, God bless you. It is so hard to write a plan that you know is just not going to happen. <laughs> what I mean by that is that in my first job, we had to write extensive lesson plans for every subject, every topic, every differentiation, every single thing that we had to do. And to be honest, I just kind of knew right away, like, there's no way this is happening. Not with 35 students, right? Like, oh, I'm going to make this grand lesson plan about how we're going to separate into teams and play this grand game when my kids can't even sit on a carpet correctly. <laughs> right? Like how many of you have been there where you write this amazing lesson plan and you spend all this time and you show up in the classroom and you try to do it and it just blows up in your face. And you're like, dang, that glass of wine I had last night making this lesson plan must have done something to my brain because how in the world did I think this was ever going to work? <laughs> that happens all of the time. And I wish someone had told me, hey, when you're making your lesson plans, just remember that they partially don't matter. And partially they do because it's really nice to be prepared and show up for your class every day. But the other half of it is it's probably not going to go as planned because side note, nothing goes as planned in teaching. Something number five, something else I wish someone would have told me, and this is a huge one. You will cry. If you listen to my last podcast, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This job is emotionally straining. It's exhausting. It's brutal. It is heavy, and there's a lot that goes with it, but it's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to go home Pour yourself a glass of wine and cry it out. I'm saying that and I don't even drink wine. My best friend drinks wine, so it makes me think of her. But it is okay to cry it out. Those tissues your kids bought at the beginning of the year, they're not for you. I'm sorry. They're not for them. They're for you. <laughs> you know, when you're making your supply list for the next year, you double the tissues when you've had a rough year. <laughs> The amount of tissue boxes I've created for STEM projects by just crying in my classroom is pretty entertaining. It's true. This job is stressful. There is nothing else out there like it. 
But with that comes tears. And if you're a woman, even more tears. <laughs> Just kidding. That goes for everyone. But it is not easy. And you will cry. Happy tears, too. I cry at the end of every year just, you know, saying bye to my kids. Shoot, I cried the other day for one of my students recognizing a letter. <laughs> All right, the number, let's see, what number was I on? Number six. A nine-year-old making slime on YouTube makes more money than a teacher ever will. <laughs> Okay, I secretly kind of knew this before becoming a teacher, but it's very shocking. Teaching is not something you go into for the money. And maybe we just need a reminder of it, and I don't know. Maybe you already knew that. But teaching is one of those careers that is very underpaid. I'm just going to blatantly say it. And there's ways to make more money, sure. But it is definitely unpaid unrecognized, and a really hard career to be in for being underpaid and unrecognized. And to think about that, a nine-year-old making slime on YouTube literally makes more money than I ever will. <laughs> that is so hard to like grasp and hold on to, but hey, it's the name of the game and it's something I wish someone would have told me. So here I am telling you. Number seven, your lunch break is never and possibly will never be a lunch break. Instead, it's a quick 20 minutes to go to the restroom because remember, can't go whenever you want and make a billion copies, eat food and, you know, shove it down your throat for, I want to say five minutes. I think I maxed my time to like five minutes of eating. I do this thing where when I go to lunch, <laughs> I try to eat as fast as I can so I can enjoy the rest of my lunch break just like sitting in silence. <laughs> Guys, I work with six-year-olds. It's loud. So 15 minutes of silence is just heavenly, but it's probably a bad habit to keep. So your lunch break is not a lunch break. Instead, it's a time to sit and either think about the million things you have to do or actually doing the million things that you have to do. Or catching up with your teammates, which oftentimes comes up with more things to do. <laughs> what do you know? Number eight, something else I wish someone would have told me is that this job title should include something like, must not have a weak stomach. <laughs> Reason being, there is things that you deal with such as lice, bed bugs, puke, human feces, blood, broken bones. And I can attest to that. I have seen all of those things. Let's see, how many did I list? One, two, three, four, five, six. I have listed six things. I have seen all six of those things in my first probably three months of experience as a teacher. So definitely wish someone would have told me that. And number nine. Wow, I told you I was going to say ten things, and I only wrote down nine. We'll see if I can come up with one. Number nine. Teacher tired is a real thing. There's a reason I named this podcast after it. Teacher tired isn't just, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, my feet hurt, I need to go to bed. Teacher tired is you come home, and if your bottom hits a chair, you ain't getting back up. <laughs> Teacher tired is, I'm not talking about burnout when you're just done in general with teaching. I'm talking about that feeling in your body when you sit down and it's like you don't even want to get up to get yourself a glass of water, but you're so thirsty and you just go 
ask your friend or whomever is with you to get you a glass of water. Teacher tired is like the pure definition of you're exhausted and your brain can't even function. There's times where my boyfriend and I will go to dinner and it's after a day of work and I'm just staring. Like I'm just staring at him. He's not talking. I'm not talking. We're just staring at each other. And he'll stop me and say something like, hey, babe, are you okay? And I'm like, honestly, <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I just don't have any brain power to like make my mouth function to talk. Like that's teacher tired. And I know it sounds crazy, but if any of you have experienced this or you're a teacher like me where it just totally drains you, you know what I'm talking about. It is exhausting. Oh, I can't. I have a 10, number 10. 10. Something I wish someone would told me before becoming a teacher is that teacher tired is so real that everything you've done before becoming a teacher will just tank and get extra hard. So, for example, before becoming a teacher, I was really invested in my health and fitness and had a really good commitment schedule of about six days where I constantly went to the gym. And I don't know, some people might call it an addiction, but. That's another story for another day. I, after becoming a teacher, like I just said, it's so hard to just get off the couch. That sounds so stupid, but I'm being real. Like just getting my feet to step up to go to the bathroom, even though I haven't had the chance to go to the bathroom all day, is hard. Like what? I've never experienced anything like it in my life. Um, and I'm like a go-getter. I like cannot stop moving. So it, it's interesting that I can get myself that tired to just pause and stop. But I would say number 10 is definitely all of the things that you've done before come to either a complete stop or they get a lot harder to do. I hope this helps you and I hope you enjoyed the 10 things I wish I would have known before becoming a teacher. If you are an up-and-coming teacher, a new teacher, a veteran teacher, thinking about being a teacher, any one of those things, come join us over on Facebook. I've developed a group called Teacher Tired Lounge. Gosh, that's such a tongue twister. What was I thinking? So it's the Teacher Tired Lounge where we will literally just pretend like we are in our lounge chatting it up. We can talk about the podcast, we can vent, or simply just share stories and build a community around some of these topics that I'm talking about. So come and join us over on Facebook if you are interested.